Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, March the 13th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we begin year A, the fourth Sunday in Lent, and on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, and this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. So let me read that passage. I've had a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to grieve over Saul? I've rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and get going. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have found my next king among his sons. How can I do that? Samuel asked. When Saul hears of me, he, he hears of it, he'll kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say, I have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will make clear to you what you should do. You'll anoint for me the person I point out to you. Samuel did what the Lord instructed. When he came to Bethlehem, the city elders came to meet him. They were shaking with fear. Do you come in peace? They asked. Yes, Samuel answered. I have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. And make yourselves holy, then come with me to the sacrifice. Samuel made Jesse and his, and his sons holy and invited them to the sacrifice as well. When they arrived, Samuel looked at Eliab and thought, This must be the Lord's anointed right in front. But the Lord said to Samuel, Have no regard for his appearance or stature, because I haven't selected him. God doesn't look at things like humans do. Humans see only what is visible to the eyes but the Lord sees into the heart. Next, Jesse called Abinadab, who presented himself to Samuel, but he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. So Jesse presented Shammah, but Samuel said, nope, the Lord hasn't chosen this one. Jesse presented seven of his sons to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't picked any of these. Then Samuel asked Jesse, is that all of your boys? There is still the youngest one, Jesse answered, but he's out keeping the sheep. Send for him, Samuel told Jesse, because we can't proceed until he gets here. So Jesse sent and brought him in. He was reddish brown. He had beautiful eyes and was good looking. The Lord said, that's the one, go anoint him. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him right there in front of his brothers. The Lord's spirit came over David from that point forward. Then Samuel left and went to Ramah. This is the word of God for us. So this is an interesting story, and it? it feels like the uh, this time in ancient Israel is kind of like the wild, wild west. I mean, Samuel is a an intimidating fellow. Obviously, he came he came to Bethlehem, and the elders saw him, and they were trembling in fear. And uh, therefore, they're wondering if he came in peace, right? But then you've got like Samuel, obviously worried that if he acts rogue against Saul's wishes, who's the current king of Israel, that he might be killed as well. So you've got like this, you got this story that's unfolding. It's a chaotic story. It needs to be brought to order. I mean, 
Israel has asked for a king. God gave them one in Saul. And he looks like his physical appearance looks like a king, right? He's tall. Um, he looks like someone when he walks in the room, like this guy is probably important, right? And so, but he has uh, defaulted on his covenant with God. And so um, God wants to move on and he goes looking and he finds someone from the house of Jesse. And I just love this story at the end. I mean, here they are, they're around this high place getting ready to offer a sacrifice. And, um, you know, like they're just kind of waiting around because um, these obvious choices for king are the ones that God doesn't pick. And there's like this moral of the story buried within the story that God doesn't look at the appearance God looks at the heart. Now, one might contend, like Saul, like the first king, like it's, it seems like if God picked him out, I mean, God's obviously looking at appearance. I mean, there there was a sense that Saul maybe had a, a tender heart earlier in the story, but it doesn't seem like he's got um, a tender heart, um, or obviously by the middle and the end of this story. And so like down the line, they go all the sons and like Sammy has to ask this like awkward question, like, hey, Jesse, like, do you have any more? <laughs> Oh, that's right. Face palm moment. Yeah, we got the youngest one. He's out tending sheep, but like he can't be the one, right? So once again, we have this inverted view. It doesn't always happen this way. I think uh, at times, unfortunately, as Christians, we can get lazy and say, whatever is the norm of the day, God's going the opposite way. Actually, like we still need to like keep our brains on. We need to think rationally. We can reason together. But in these moments, um, there are times where God says, actually, like I want to show that um, I'm God, and part of who God is is that He does bring something out of nothing. He does creation out of nothing, creatio ex nihilo, that we say in the Latin tongue. And um, this is what God does. He literally takes a kid from obscurity, um, from nothing, a kid that was forgotten about by his dad, like perhaps the most important day of this family's history. The prophet has come knocking on your door. He has sanctified you to take part in worship and you can't even get your whole family there, right? And you got this guy. It's so funny in the Hebrew. It's so hard to translate these uh, description of David, like all these uh, different adjectives of David. And I just love the way the CEV says that he's a good looking guy, right? Uh, I think one translation says he's ready with handsome features. I think it's funny, right? Anyways, so this is the start of David's story. God is looking at his heart. I think uh, not long from now, we'll know that he's a person after God's own heart. Uh, but that does not give David a hall pass to do whatever he wants. And I think that we have to keep that in mind. Although the story starts here in a very, very promising moment. We just have to follow the story of David and truly that allow ourselves to grieve at the mistakes he makes along the way, all the way to the end. Like he still is a complicated figure all the way to the end. And maybe that's one of the subtle things underneath it all is that power does corrupt. I mean, it corrupted King Saul. God's making a provision here. He's starting out getting this young boy with handsome features from the middle of the pasture outside of Bethlehem who's forgotten about by his parents. You would think that this king would be humble. you think that this king would actually um, learn the lowly way. But we see along the way that David doesn't do that. But God keeps on pursuing. God keeps looking. And I just love this. God's looking at the heart. Friends, I think that when God looks at our hearts, he sees a lot of good things. Um, I, I resist uh, some of this preaching that we hear in the church today that makes us to try to, like it manufactures guilt and shame so that people can control us by feeling so low about ourselves. Listen, we're always in God's debt. But for crying out loud, for crying in the bucket, for crying in the sink, whatever crying metaphor you want to use or, or, uh, or saying that you want to use, all we have to say 
is that God looks at us and there's something that excites God about you and about me. Therefore, the day that's unfolding before us is brimming with opportunity. That's why we start with prayer so that we could be led like Samuel was. Don't you just love this? Like Samuel, he's been around the block, man. He knows how this thing works. And even still, he's lowly and humble at heart. He's waiting on God's direction, even when it totally looks upside down from what he totally expected, right? All right, so we need to be led today. But just know that as we're being led, God looks at you and he looks at me. He sees a whole lot of good because he's doing things in our life and there's so many things ahead. Therefore, your life, my life, this whole world is brimming with great potential. Because of that, let's spend some time allowing our souls to rise and meet God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you this day that you look at the heart uh, and we thank you that we have a chance then because God, even though we are in touch with how um, we make poor decisions and how we harbor bitterness and resentment and how we can be petty and shallow at times. We thank you that you've begun a work within us that you're going to carry to completion. Therefore, we confess that you're a good God. And if you're a good God and you reside in us, goodness is growing within us. And so and we have intentions today. We have desires today. We've got all these tasks, uh, maybe appointments in front of us. And uh, we're going to do our best. Um, we don't want to get to the end of this day. Um, only living half-heartedly. We want to live into the depth of what it means to have just a full life. And uh, we know that we're going to need to lean upon you for so many things today. And so I pray that we would lean into your understanding like Samuel had to in this moment of, of uncertainty, of, this, of a story going in a different direction. And so, God, we pray that you'd make, us, uh, make, make it uh, easy for us to hear you and to follow your lead this day. I got to pray that we'd also hear that uh, you delight in us. And just as you spoke those affirming words over Jesus and his baptism and at the Mount of Transfiguration, that's what you do now for all your sons and daughters. Uh, you speak this uh, words of love over us. So as those words of love uh, wash over us, God, may they also empower us to be your people this day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>